1: Lucky Luffy Podcast for no boys in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, anorawhiskey.com, the premium American whiskey, AnoraWiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do it
2: responsibly.
1: Got to do it responsibly, love. You already know. We reside at CFB Nation, and we're presented by
2: Twisted
1: Hey. We're going to take a first look at the Sun Bowl. Left had an interesting conversation with a signal caller. But first of all, Lef, how was your Christmas, bro? It
2: was solid. Don't really do too much, but, uh, you know, glad it's another day getting closer to a new year.
1: I have to talk to you offline because I know, I don't know if you watched it, but, yo, you and I have to sit down and have a conversation about that Joe Budden podcast with Dr. Umar, bro.
2: Oh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Bro,
1: hey, man, let me tell you something. If you're going to bring podcasters, like this, just if you're going to bring someone on your show who is an intellectual in a certain area, it will behoove you to do your homework. You do not want to go up against an intellectual with your emotions.
2: Yeah, he kept he kept, he couldn't help but kept denying the truth. It's like, listen, it's okay, man. You're just making it's it worse by about fighting it the way he's fighting it. Truth,
1: everything. I'm just telling you. I, I used to get on Angela Yee about this all the time, right? She was terrible at interviews because on multiple occasions, she would get caught unprepared, either not knowing about the upcoming album, not listening to the tracks and it's like dude. Yeah, she be freestyling it. Like you cannot freestyle, man. You have to do your homework.
2: Don't get me started on the girl that admitted she making up sideline halftime reports. Oh man, that's just like just the the uh look.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. Ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.
1: One of the things about, that I love about you, bro, and I will tip my cat, You are all about the craft. Like, literally, we move around the time of Lucky Lefty podcast during the season based upon you having to do a player interview, coach interview on the Monday or Tuesday before a game on a Saturday. Like, you are putting in the work and working at the craft to make sure you're prepared, bro. And I always laugh because, like, the day before you leave, I always ask you, like, you got your two or three, you know, interesting facts just in case it's a blowout. (laughs) And we both laugh about it, right? Because if you get a blowout like this, you gotta come up with something. You gotta gotta come up with something. You gotta
2: start, you know, entertaining for sure.
1: So, man, to everyone that has an interest, in the sports journalism field, or you have an interest in being a content curator? Like, yo, just put in the work. Do your yeah, it's really trial and error
2: when it comes to content creating. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have to talk about it though. The holidays, kids being spoiled. Now, it's only crazy <laughs> is this, because is this from it, experience. This is, I'm just, I know I was, I had a couple gifts when I was younger, but the experience of what they cost now is crazy. It's always, so To be as spoiled as back then, but what things cost now, I think is just ridiculous.
1: Well, I think when you're young, most of the time it's the parents that overdo it, right? Because children might ask for one or two things, but when they're small, it's like, it's almost like throwing a birthday, a huge birthday party for a kid that's turning one. That kid isn't right. going to remember that birthday party. Like, yeah, dude, kid what? In
2: the backyard. You want to take them right. to Vegas and... and
1: Man, dude, rent out a room it. and do all of that. Rent out a hall and dress them up and make it a big... Even when they're
2: 12, you want to take them to London and do all type of... It's like...
1: Dude, I'm so mad because from the age of 7 to 13, we took baby girl to Disney World every year. And she can only remember like two times. yeah, that's
3: that was right, like seven
1: that's... straight years. she went to Disney World, and she only remembers like maybe two of the th- two of the three. It's years. a parent's
2: ego, I swear it is, because I mean, it's 365, you know, you we were guilty of it. Days.
1: We were guilty of it over here, you know, and then we learned this season, I got a three gifts, three small gifts and some money. And she that's like, it, that's uh, all you need. and she was like because she's going to Seattle. She flies out. She's spending the New Year's in Seattle. You know, which is dope. I got family up there, a lot of family on my dad's side. Uh, My cousin Rob is a professor at UW. So I'm not sure if he's be in town because I think he's going to the uh semifinal, semifinal game. I don't know when he flies out. So she'll get to see some family. Her and her friends are kicking it. She said they're going to the fish market to throw and catch fish. So that'll be cool. But yeah, you know, yeah, we overdo it as parents. We we are the drivers. The parents are the drivers of the economy during the holiday season.
2: I think black people are just zealous on Christmas. We just overdo it, you know, for whatever reason. It's like a marked day where we got to go to hard to the paint.
1: From a from a cultural standpoint, that's a great conversation. That's a great conversation. There could be several yeah. factors for that, right? Because as for me, now see my parents treated us like, dude my mother would literally give us the catalog sears spiegel montgomery ward and tell us to circle what we want I was yeah, blessed, yeah okay i, I was those blessed. Days. like circle what you want and you know with that being my experience i tried to like yo make that the same experience for my baby girl and take it to the next level so you know, but several several factors to that. But that's like, that's what I'm saying. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up in 2024, we're going to have a whole different side of Lucky Lefty podcast. Left is going to be doing some one-on-one interviews. We're going to tease that today with the conversation he had with a signal caller out of the Notre Dame quarterback room. And it's going to be on Lucky Lefty pod. And we want you guys to subscribe. We're gonna get it up and going because it's gonna be conversations. We're gonna keep it Notre Dame. We're gonna keep the show right here on the YouTube. Not channel. Not Shane and
2: Ocho Nightcap. Not not.
1: <laughs> no, no, I don't have no, I don't have that in me, bro. I I don't. Yes, yeah, I, I don't know
2: how he does both. I don't know how you do TV and do the pod like that.
1: <laughs> yo, I've worked for I've worked for Disney and I've worked for ESPN, and the fact that they.
2: I don't know. I yeah. I don't know how he's getting away with. I know. I just even a podcast man. ain't ain't Shannon's podcast. You know, so it is kind of interesting how Shannon just goes as hard as he does, and then does daytime TV. I
1: didn't know it. I didn't know it goes like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Now, if he if his agent structured things to where he's not an employee. And he's contracted, then Disney has no control. That's a little different. They have no control. But if he is an employee of Disney, he would fall under those guidelines of the expectations for Disney employees. It's very interesting. Left, I turned in my predictions on Irish breakdown for the bowl games. So I'm just going to go ahead and give give you the prediction I turned in for Notre Dame and the Oregon State. I'm going to give it to you now. I got Notre Dame winning 31 to 13 in this one left. And, you know, you have Marcus Freeman, who's a veteran. You have Defense Wait, you he said 31 30? Ma. Yes. 31 13. No, 31 13. If I said 30, I misspoke. I'm sorry. 31 to 13. Notre Dame over Oregon State. Defense uh, Henson, who's in the place. Of The new head coach who will not be coaching this game. He will be the interim head coach for the Sun Bowl, the Kellogg's Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, Frosted Flakes. And um, we know the opt-outs offensively, right? But that Notre Dame defense is intact. And the reason I went with 31-13 is because I expect the offense to take some time. To get going. you giving us 31 points, taking time now? Yeah, yeah, because if they came in, they would blow Oregon State out. They would put up 40 easy. you talking about a new, a new head coach, a new play caller offensively, a third or fourth string quarterback. That's right? us, except we got Those, the same head coach. Wait, wait wait a minute. North Oregon State ain't Notre Dame in recruiting, bro. That's number one.
2: No, I'm so, saying third string so the quarterback. Backups,
1: the backup third, is he a third string, second string? He's the backup.
2: Well, at one point he was third string. One, two. I long mean, yeah, this spring, this
1: spring, this with Tyler, yeah, it, was,
2: <laughs> it wasn't too long ago where he was third. But I'm saying in the fact of like, I don't know how much more talented our third string is over their third string when mm-hmm. it comes to quarterbacks. Now, mm-hmm. everything else, you're right. You know, our second, third string lineman is probably was start for Oregon State. Mm-hmm. You know, I can imagine, or at least be in the running of it. Yeah. But uh, it's it's the battle of the, of the backups, really. It's like the spring game vibes to me. I think they've been preparing a long time for it. But it's like, come on, I mean, 31 points for the offense with a whole bunch of new pieces. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a slower start. I think we'll get more in the 23-24 range at, with it all clicking. Because I still don't know how impactful Steve is going to be Working the offense a full game. I think in spurts and in packages, he looks good. Hopefully, Kenny gets some packages in there. But it's just going to be interesting to see how you roll out your first game. My first game, we put up uh, at LSU, what? It was it was 31 or something. But, I mean, we had dudes at that time. I mean.
1: I mean, Notre Dame has dudes, though. No, I'm saying. We had rest, a, right? uh, I'm
2: sorry. I'm sorry. Not dudes. We had more of a synergy at that point. Got you then then it wouldn't like Steve's first time is not like my first time in terms of like working with these these guys out there and I think um you know we had Ronnie Stanley out there left tackle you know killing it for the Ravens yesterday I saw him out there actually no Dame Ronnie, you guys have hey, been hey, doing hey, well.
1: Let's keep it a hundred Ronnie was doing a little of this. They were doing a little of this <laughs> we can keep it no, real. You, we lost you he like, oh, but- no way. He he, he, he ninety seven was ninety seven was a tough package for him, boy. That Ronnie could have gotten a couple of these called on him. Hey, you it, know what it, mean?
2: It, it's a physical game. It's a physical game. You know, stuff happens. You know, you get caught in the jersey sometimes. We get it. We get it. But hey, they did they they did their giant And just shout out Notre Dame players just making plays the last couple weeks anyway. Although he was making some, Kyle obviously had a couple picks. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's all right, because I know he got banged up at the towards the end. You know, Ronnie doing well. So, none of them guys is making a, some type of headway still. Durham Smythe is the longest successful current running guy on one team. I mean, he's yeah. the oldest guy on the Dolphins. And, you know, shout out to Durham man. We was in the hospital the same time. So, shout out to him, man. And so... uh it's just it's just cool to see Notre Dame balling, but but yeah, it's, this Oregon State game. You know, I'm I'm not gonna expect it to be high scoring just because it's it's new for everybody. It's new for Gino. It's new for Steve. You know, Geno's and Steve relationship is gonna be on full display. I give a, I think it'll give us a great depiction of how hard did Geno work establishing something of a relationship, making Steve more confident and Steve more developed going into these situations because I think that's important. Cause now you call in the plays. It's one thing to, it's one thing to just be able to it's one thing to just be able to call uh and, and develop an offense that you're helping with, but now to call plays to help him score is another thing.
1: Yeah, I can lock in with that. I think I went thirty one like I said because I think Notre Dame just talent-wise offensively and then oregon state has its issues offensively as well like the running back martinez opted out the top wide receiver opted out so their wide receiver core is very similar matter of fact notre dame might have more veterans deon cozy and Jaden thomas that are produced playing despite the lack of depth than oregon state so it's like as much as we want to talk about what notre dame won't have oregon state is in a very
2: Oregon State's in a ton. That's what I'm saying. Oregon State's not going to be scoring a ton Love either.
1: Situation. I
2: Love think situation. it, a, it a, shoot three scores is a really good thing for Notre Dame offense.
1: Well, see, this is the thing left. I'm
2: sorry, three touchdowns, not three scores. two touchdowns. This is the
1: thing left. We can talk about Notre Dame's going to try to run the ball to get Steve Angeli into the game. Like they might come out and take a shot in the first series, but at the end of the day. This team is going to try to run the ball. Let's not be foolish. Oregon State has a front four that can rush the passer. Did so all year. Gave Michael Penix Jr. Washington State troubles. Gave USC troubles. Like, dude, they dominated Shador. Over well, Shador's offensive line is trash. It's like they gave you, uh, Dante Moore and UCLA trouble, right? It is who they are. That's what they do. They're going to get they're going to pressure, stop the run, load the box. Yeah, if and I was on the state
2: defense, pressure. I'm like, listen, we have nothing to
1: lose. We have we're nothing to lose all day. Not, to nothing pressured. to lose. I expect them early on to come out motivated, running all over the place, and probably giving Notre Dame some issues. Notre Dame will find a way to adjust early, late first quarter, second quarter, get the run game going, maybe get the screen game going finally hit some plays in the passing game, probably with the tight ends, sneaking them out. Eli rarely could have a big day. And then from there, the defense will probably get a couple of turnovers, put them in short fields, special teams. And then ultimately, yeah, they'll get to 31 points. That's my prediction. That's my prediction. So, you know, I would love for Steve Mangeli to come out from the first drive in full control. I would love him. Nothing more than to see Steve Angeli come out from the first snap in full control.
2: I just think there's nothing he can do, really. Like, he goes 500 yards, four touchdowns, absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah. I still just don't think that does anything for him in the next season. No. Unfortunately. I I think this is the, like, this is almost no harm, no foul in this game. Like, you can't. Playing bad is almost the same result as playing good. yeah you're still better chance off of leaving, mm-hmm. except in this case, you just having a good game to go off of when you go going to the portal. yeah, but I just I don't know whether if I'm Marcus Freeman, I don't know the conversation that he's had with Steve, but Steve, it may not even Steve may not even need a conversation. It's just like, You know what we got going on over here.
1: Steve said he looks forward to uh, competing in the spring, though. That's what he said. He said, I'll get to the spring. He said, I'm looking forward to competing in the spring. But I'm not focused on that right now.
2: I mean, you don't need to focus on it right now. (laughs) You need to focus on how you going to get these backups. (laughs) <laughs> and a couple of these guys in the end zone so that's that's good that he's focused in the present but he needs to have that in the back of his mind mm-hmm. let's not act like that's just it's just going to take care of itself i think he needs to be more proactive than reactive to that situation only be for his own sake yeah
1: because
2: you know i'm sure marcus freeman would love to just keep him around as insurance as an easy fall on plan even though I think Steve should be at least the, the plan forward because that way you're closer to finding out if Menchie, C.J. Carr, Deuce is, is the next guy in line that can develop with some time. Riley Leonard's not doing anything for you. That's why I keep going back and forth with people on Twitter. I keep saying, what is Riley Leonard's value to his team?
1: When well, your team, are you speaking from 2024? Are you saying more for the program?
2: For 2024, which impacts the program. Because I think he's just being a traffic jam to what we have as a flow at the quarterback room. Because now it's like, what are you what are you guaranteeing from Riley? One game better? Really? You you can't predict in the playoffs he's one game better when he hasn't had a season where it's standalone. Better than most people in college football. Twenty nine hundred yards and twenty four touchdowns isn't impressive in college football as a standalone. It's impressive for where he's at to Duke, but as a standalone amongst other quarterbacks in the country, that's like mid tier. So you're saying that that's one game better in the playoffs than what what we have in the quarterback room is not? I don't think it's valid because it's like, well, one game better. Well, I could take my chances on what we got in the quarterback game. Quarterback room is one game better, but if it's not. If it's not championship guaranteed, then how is that any better than what we have in the room right now? And I think that's unnecessary pressure Marcus Freeman is putting on this program because he doesn't have to do that. It's the first year of the playoffs. Getting in qualifies as a good season right now. Because, hell, we don't know that road that it's going to take to win it. Nobody does. It's a great season to put an inexperienced, experienced guy out there, inexperienced in terms of experience, but experience in terms of being in college football, first-time starters, this is the best year to do it. Because the year after this year, okay, it's there's no more excuses. You need to know what it takes to get there and this and that. But now you're doing it with a first-year guy. I just think that's a worse-off future uh, plan for the program because if you're not guaranteeing you're going to win it all Riley. Or, or what value does Riley bring in a, in a scenario like this that's better than what we have? I just think it just muddies up and it makes it more dysfunctional, especially for a guy like Denbrock who's like, okay, I got Riley for a year. Start loving on what we got going on and he leaves. With Jayden, he's like, look, I, I can show you Jaden was a two-year product and, and we won a Heisman and won a lot of big games and it took two years to put it all together. But now you give me Riley with one year, and then I got to do it again with another year? If I'm mm-hmm. Dembrock, I'm mad. I'm like, what are we yeah. doing? If I'm Dimbrock, I'm looking my chops at CJ and Menchie and, 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 hell, even Steve, if he got some more years in him, you know? So it's, it's interesting.
0: Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Lucky, lucky
1: podcast. So that's my early first look. And my prediction I sent over uh, this morning. Uh, I'm super excited to see the young players. Left, look, if Joe Alt and Blake Fisher were playing, I would predict Notre Dame will put up 45. Steve's gonna have a
2: big hand in, in a. 45. Even if
1: if Steve Angeli, if if I had the two tackles there, I oh, would, I would be like, yeah, this offense is gonna put up 40 points.
2: I mean, hopefully, this is like this is like the play a game and play a game for Notre Dame Sweet hmm Play one game for your life at Notre Dame quarterback. This is Steve's opportunity.
1: Yo, Steve Anjali can absolutely change his life. And he left, I'm glad you just went into that because you, no one else, no one else can go into the mind of a quarterback. Going into a bowl game that some people might deem as being meaningless. But the opportunity to change their life at Notre Dame. Yeah, he's got a great opportunity. Unless I'm missing somebody, the only one, you're the only person that can really give us what it's like to have that opportunity as you had going into the bowl game against LSU as a first-time starter, right? And you were coming off of that second half against USC, where you played well on the road, even though you guys took the loss. What is Steve Angeli? what is he feeling right now? Like, what what were you feeling and what is Steve Angeli feeling right now as he prepares for the Sun Bowl, knowing that, like you did, this is, this is his opportunity to prove what he can do.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a make it break it kind of back against the wall moment because I felt more disrespected. Like I don't quite know how Steve feels, but I felt more disrespected in the fact that it's taking so long and that you know I felt at that time I was a good opp. I had a good opportunity to really show my value to the team. Like I felt like I could, and so it was it wasn't really a pressure on me necessarily because I'm like I was meant to. Have to, I'm I'm. about to show you what I've been telling you about kind of thing. And maybe that's the same feeling Steve has. Maybe he felt like he was ready earlier in the year where he felt like he could have taken the reins or done some things to help the team. I mean, he's played well when he's been called on. So it's more of a do or die moment because I felt like if I didn't play well in that bowl game, then it wouldn't have looked great going into next year. And they, if the transfer thing was the thing, they probably would have explored uh, options. So I felt it as an opportunity to showcase myself on the value to the team and then, you know, show all the things that I've been working on. So it really was a thing where I was just more excited to play than it was uh, nervousness, you know. It was just I need to get that first hit out of the way, and then I felt like I was locked in because at that time, we're playing with some of the best guys in the country. So I'm like, ain't too many guys better than Jalen. So if I'm navigating that, I'm sure that everything else will be a lot easier.
1: It's interesting you bring that up because well, LSU was favored, if I'm not mistaken, by seven and a half in that game. Um, Leonard Fournette...
2: Leonard Fournette had a kickoff return. He had like a part return. He was going crazy. Man, look,
1: like, bro.
2: But the, but the thing was, too, is that, you know, they was in a position where it was like, okay, they had number one defense in the SEC. They had a bunch of Talented guys that was in the league potentially would end up going to the league. Uh, I mean, yeah, they had Tredavious White, who's doing great for Buffalo, and Leonard Ford. I mean, they had a little squad on them, so uh, it was the challenge was definitely up to par. I don't know how strong his defense is, Oregon State comparatively, but it's a good opportunity for either way for Steve to have a good day. And then you just got to let the cards fall where they fall. I mean, it's college football at this point. to wild, wild West. And so he can only have his control, his fate. And I just think his per- perspective fate at Notre Dame is just unknown unless they have talks with him in the back of what they plan on doing with him. But I don't even think they have an idea of that.
1: So I, I understand what you were saying. Going into that game for you, that music city bowl, uh, what surrounded you was was more secure, right? Because you didn't really have the opt-outs, the same culture that exists today. You knew who was playing. You had the offensive line intact that have pretty much been there all year. Not a similar situation to what Steve is going into, but let's, let's be honest, man. Like, Notre Dame has good players on the offensive line. Are they young and inexperienced? Yes, but... yeah.
2: When you got Ronnie and Nick Martin in front of you, with yeah. a with a McGlinchey and and some guys, and Steve Elmer was there at the time, and then you got Will, and then you got CJ. I was like, okay, and I'm going against, you know, uh, at the time, uh Bob Yacos' leftover defense, and then Jalen Smith back there, and so I'm like, I felt pretty good. Like practice was going to be better than the game. In terms of play-to-play competition, I felt like I was keeping up pretty well in practice, so I knew translating against the number one defense in the LSU couldn't be that much more uh, challenging. And when it kind of leveled itself out, I had the confidence to go out there and do what I felt like my job was required of. It was a lot easier, you know, because I felt I was prepared. Like hopefully, Steve will be prepared, and and Kenny is saying he's prepared. So it's one of those things where. Being at Notre Dame, it makes your job easier because everybody in the group project is doing their job too.
1: You just opened up something, left. What does that mean? Because you just really tapped into something and it helped me and helped the fans as well with this. So in preparation, what gave you comfort is the fact that you were going up against Jalen Smith and then Notre Dame defense. In preparation, Steve Angeli is going up. The Notre Dame defense is intact. So Steve Jelly has been practicing against them all year. He's going up against them in bowl prep, right? Unfortunately, Oregon State's offense will be going up against their defense that's intact, but their defense won't be going up against an offense that's intact. So our, what's the, what's their defense and what's the impact on the Oregon State defense going up against an offense that's really not able to prepare them properly for what they might see? With it's the perfect playmakers because in it Notre goes
2: Day. on Steve Jelly. Mm. What does Steve Angeli bring to the table to be the equalizer in all these offensive deficiencies?
3: Is different
2: than when you're playing with everybody in, in, in the stable that are dogs, like a Deshaun here. When Deshaun stepped in, everybody was at prime peak performance. Mm. All your job is to just look, just don't give it to the other team. That's a really easy job to do. And you can be a star looking like it. But then when it comes to... Kind of
1: like, like Brock Purdy. My fault, Alex. My fault. Hey. My fault. Go ahead. You know, My hey, fault. Brock Purdy got, fault. got
2: exposed because he had to... Put, put, me
1: know, put me on the petty train. Put me on the petty train.
2: Straight up. And then you see a situation where expectations change. Now it's like you got to be the reason why, which I think this is the game for Steve. You got Steve got to be the reason why. Mm. But he's got enough of reps against a defense and scout every day. I heard he was doing well, whatever. Now, how does that translate for him on the field on a full game basis? And that's where the culmination of what the work you put in and believing in that work and and how it shows on the field is only a result of your practice habits mixed with the confidence that you go out there and do it. And I just felt like I was the best at the time anyway, so that, that helped just seamlessly Feel like I was seeing it before it happens, because I was so confident in what we called. I'm like, this is my every play was my favorite play. I'm like, oh, okay, bet he called the right one. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got to think. You know, you don't quite know everything they're gonna call. So when you hear that play that you like, you like, oh, okay. I don't care if I'm playing against the the 2000 Ravens. I know this play. I'm run two. I'm gonna just go through it. So it didn't it didn't matter about the rush. I just knew the play so well that I knew it was a completion before I snapped it. And that's just kind of how it resulted. And when you're decisive like that, and then you got guys doing their part, it just makes it a lot easier. You can know that he's going to be there. You know he's going to catch, you know he's going to hit the hole. You know it's going to be blocked up. It's not going to be no crazy blow up plays. They give you things you can handle, it makes it easier. So I think um, from that aspect, if he can get on that streamline. The game should be fine, but talent got to be in there. You got to make some plays here and there. Can he make those plays that aren't practice? Because you know, in practice, they don't go well. They just stop the whistle.
1: Right.
2: They ain't yeah. stopping the whistle in this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So your talent got to kick in. You got to make some stuff happen. And we've seen flashes here and there. Yo, yo, try to run his heart out, get that first down. You know. But uh, what do
1: you think? How do you think Gino is going to? Because like you said, you want to get that first hit, right? Like, all right, cool. Now I'm into the game. How do you think Gino is going to massage Steve into the game and get him going and get him comfortable?
2: You know, the classic Nothing, yeah. BS, you know, nickel and dime, hand it off.
1: Well, it's, Maybe I'm, take a I'm, shot glad, here I'm glad we have good tight ends. The thing.
2: Yeah, you're going to get a bunch of – Five-yard completions and handoffs, and he might run it a couple times. But that's why, like, I think the scoring will be low at first until it's, okay, we have to go win the game, and now we're calling some stuff, and Steve's trying to make some plays and throw it down the field. So I don't think we'll see that until the third, fourth quarter. First, second quarter is going to be a intro, you know, first day of English, you know, write one-page paragraph, super simple stuff just to blow time to get close to when you got to call plays and win the game.
1: Lucky lefty podcast. As you can tell, Lil' Left, yo, he loved what he got for Christmas boy. Because us. Usually Lil' Left is trying to get on camera with us and is our pseudo producer. Right now, you can hear him, but he, he's like, Dad, I'm good, man. Go ahead, do your show. I'm over here with my toys. I'm enjoying everything. And it's funny because he's probably trying to – uh like you said, they try to play each other's toys or use each other's toys, which that's that's the great thing about being brothers, bro. That's the great thing about brothers, right? My uh, middle brother is like 10 and a half months behind me. So we're Irish twins as they call them.
2: Yeah, that's what I got, Irish twins.
1: Yeah, so man, we're thick as thieves, man. Yeah, my mother was like, yo, you used to help him out the crib. You know, when you all was small. Okay, so, so y'all was always. tight.
2: Y'all was yeah,
1: tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then my younger brother is five years behind me. So, man, you know, it's uh, having that Irish twin is is, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool.
2: Okay, so y'all wasn't really fighting as much. Y'all was more like Mm-mm. on the same
1: level. No, no. Did y'all go to school
2: together too at the same grade or he was in the younger grade?
1: No, I actually went, we went to different schools. We went to different schools.
2: Different schools? How does that work?
1: Um, I don't know. My mother was like over the, she was like president of the PTA. And I think, honestly, the principal suggested to her that I go to another school out of the district because of my test scores. And so that's how I ended up on the track that I ended up with, you know, schools. You know, I went to another school outside the district and then eventually went to a seventh, eighth grade program that was like a kickstart into one of the best high schools. At that time, academically, Morgan Park was one of the best high schools in the city. So um, that was my path, you know. So I kind of owe that to like the urging of uh, my principal at the time, because my mom really didn't want me to do it she wanted to keep us together but my principal was like yo no sean needs to he needs to go take this opportunity and it ended up being a great opportunity dude because i met some great people i met some great people along the way matter of fact i talked to somebody left do you have anybody in your past because we're getting ready to talk about the conversation you have with one of the Notre Dame quarterbacks in the second half of the show. We're going to get to the bag. If you have a get-to-the-bag question, make sure you type in GTB and then ask your question. We appreciate the super chats, the way you guys have been giving lately. Greatly appreciate it and uh, continue to do so. man. subscribe to the YouTube page, Apple Podcast, Spotify, each and every day audio edibles. You already know, it's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. So I bumped into one of my former classmates uh, at Sutherland, which is a elementary school in Beverly. That's where I went after third grade. After leaving my neighborhood, I went to uh, Sutherland in Beverly, which is a really nice area um, on the south side of Chicago. And he was a year behind. Was he a year behind me. He might have been two years behind me, right? So we used to play in the schoolyard, especially when it snowed. Like, our buses would drop us off, like, 30 minutes before school started. So we would literally have 30 minutes to, like, play a football game. Dude, I'm, dude man, this, man, elementary school was the best, bro, right? Because, you know, we would get bussed in and dropped off so early that we would do. It would be either the seventh graders against the eighth graders or the sixth graders against the seventh graders and so on and so forth. Right. Right. So when I got there, I was in, I was in a fourth grade. So when I got the fifth grade, I met uh, Matt Cushing. Now Matt Cushing went on to star in Mount Carmel. He went on to star at the university of Illinois and he went on to play like seven years for the Pittsburgh Steelers as a tight end. Right. And Matt Cushing was like, Dude, even in fifth grade, Matt Cushion was like, oh, I'll do." he came out of a test lab as a kid, bro. Like, I've never seen a fifth grader, like, cut. It was crazy, bro.
0: Like, fam.
1: it was like, dude, if that was an easy prediction that he was going to end up playing D1 football and going to the NFL. So it's funny, we were laughing, right? Bumped into him, saw his family, just caught up. And I was like, yo, no one would believe that I used to drag you in football games. And we laughed about it, right? (laughs) We laughed about it, right? And I was like, yo, I'm actually going to tell it on my podcast. Because Matt was a beast in the NFL. He was, man, he was a really good tight end at University of Illinois. Man, I used to drag that dude. On running plays, bro. Cause I was one of the dudes, and they was like, dude, just like, you know how you throw it off on the kickoff? And like whoever caught it would just like pitch it back to me. Like, Joe, pitch it back to Sean or either uh, pick it, pitch it back to Sam. Sam was the man. Sam was this uh Sam was Korean. He was short, but he was super fast and super quick, dude. He was super Sam Barinovich. man i don't know where he is man i gotta catch up sam was he was a real cool dude He was a real cool dude but we were the two kids they were like yo get the ball to sean and get the ball to sam on kickoff and dude we just man it's just funny the way life turns out right Uh, you see this kid like go on to do great things and it's like yo and i say that to say this left i get to my mom's house on sunday and my mom has, you know, she's like, I was searching for my recipes. And in my recipes, a bag where I had my recipes, I ended up finding this.
2: Yes, sir. <laughs> this
1: is fifth grade SD2 mics, love. Looking grade. good, too, man. Got the tie on it. With the knit, wait, the knit tie. The knit tie. I was before my time, left. That's the knit tie. You Know what I'm it's saying? Different. That's yeah, the mid top. You That's know right. what I'm saying? Now, That's my right. line and my lining wasn't crisp that day for picture day. I was a little, you don't have to be that. as a
2: kid, you know, at, at all.
1: I was like, because I think this is around the time where dad was cutting me up in the kitchen. See, yeah, so I, we dad all go was cutting, cutting me time. up in the kitchen. That's you right. You know what
2: I'm saying? So, dads need to get back to doing that, by the way. I'm, I've got my okay. clippers out,
1: exactly, exactly. No need for $40 haircuts when they're, like, two or three years old. That's ridiculous.
2: I don't get it, man. That's a mom thing. That's a mom thing.
1: (laughs) Man, said SD1 mic. Yeah, this was one mic. Yeah, SD1 mic.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: So, yo, also with this was my PBA, uh, my uh, YPBA Youth Pro Bowlers Association 375 Series Pack. Now, mind you, left. I was I was ten years old, about to turn eleven, and that was the first time out of a three game series that I got over three hundred and seventy five points. So I was I was averaging almost one thirty. Mm, that's right, Bowling that's at right. one ten, dude. I, I was if I, I had stayed on track, bro, I could have been. I possibly could have been a professional bowler. I was like ten years old, like averaging like one thirty. I was I was pretty I was pretty I was pretty cool.
2: Bro. You had the rotation.
1: Cool. I'm a lefty. My man, my father got me a nice, I had a maroon bowling ball that was like 10 ounces at the time, and it had the little galaxy speckles in it. Had my own shoes, my own ball, man. That's right. I, re- I, I went every uh because we had a bowling team at Sutherland. So I went on Wednesdays with the elementary school, and then my league was on Saturday mornings. So I was really into it. It was bowling, baseball, and hoop that was it so man the things you find and the conversations that take place over christmas break man, that was uh i don't i hope everybody enjoyed family the way i did hey by the way left That's my right. mom my mom messed up and made dude when we got there she was like man i overcooked the prime rib i said so my mom i like the burn ends though well, my mom my mom and my brother the family is split my mom my brother and my sisters they like their meat um medium my dad and i and my my dad me my family my other brother
2: medium like medium like super nice medium or like medium no nice. they
1: like medium we prefer well but we prefer to cook it to medium well and then take it out and let it continue to cook.
2: We call that medium plus. There
1: you go. She cooks it to medium. She overcooked it, which is perfect for us. Right? right. Perfect for us. And like you said, it had that crust on the outside, the little char. It was perfect, left. And then even if everybody said it was like the best prime rib she's ever made, because you didn't man, you cook it. Lucky Lefty podcast. When we come back, so yo, even when you think you might have done something wrong, you might end up landing in the perfect situation, and that's Notre Dame, right, with everything that happened notre dame might be sitting in the perfect situation going into 2024 we'll talk about it coming up next right here but left sd2 mics. you already know we spend it different